at the beginning of this year, and I was reminded about some of the thoughts that I had while we were there. Um, again, very hot climate. I do not like heat. If I'm going to be stuck somewhere, stick me somewhere where it's cold, not the hot. Um, the food just wasn't, you know, you survive, but it just wasn't all that. And I remember after being there for several weeks, again, we saw the Lord move powerfully. Uh, we were so blessed by the people there and so on. But I can remember in my heart saying, Lord, please don't let me get stuck here. Lord, please get me back home. And what that really reveals is, what am I willing to give up for the Lord? The scripture that we're going to look at today talks about how Jesus wants to call us his friend. He wants to call us his friend. And the scripture we're going to look at, look at talks about how he doesn't want to call us his slave. He wants us to be a friend. But he has some definitions to that friendship. And his definitions are a little bit different than what some of us think of as being a friendship. First of all, we have different levels of friendships. We have friends on our Facebook accounts. And the definition of that is people that maybe we've come across and maybe we haven't. Maybe it's just somebody who's a friend of a friend, but we allow them to see our posts and we look at their posts. That's our definition of friendship. If that is your definition of a friendship with Jesus, you are not in a relationship with Jesus. If you are willing to sometime look at his posts that he made in scripture, but not allow it to change your life, if you're not willing to allow him to speak into your life, if you're not willing to allow him to come into your home, into your life and live and make changes, you do not have the same def definition of friendship that Jesus has. Not only that, but many times in our different social media accounts, we're not real picky about our friends. We let everybody in. Well, guess what? Scripture declares that God is a jealous God. There are certain people He doesn't want you to be friends with. What? Yeah, we're going to look at another Scripture where it says that if you are friends with the world, you are an enemy of God. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, yes, I see some benefits to being connected with Jesus, but I also see some benefits of being connected over here. God says, I want to be your friend, but I want to be your all in all. That doesn't mean we don't have relationships with people. That's not what it's talking about. But what it's talking about is that He is our priority and we are willing to give up everything else for Him. So with that in mind, where are you at? What are you willing to give up for Him? Because you already know what He's willing to give up for you. 
He gave up heaven. He came here. And He gave up His life. That's what He gave up for you. What are you willing to give up for Him? Now don't think about, oh, well, you know, I'd like to be able to do this. Think about things like I shared with you about Nigeria. What are some places where the Lord showed you that when it came down to it, you chose this over the Lord? Or in your heart, that's where you were. You were like, God, please don't ask this of me. Where are places that you are willing to give the Lord and places that you're not? Because the Lord is asking for all of us. He's willing to give all for you, and that's what He's asking in return. The Scripture I want to look at today is in John 15, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, beginning in verse 9. And in the Scripture, it talks about the relationship that God wants to have with you, the relationship He wants you to have with others as well. In verse 9 it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. We're going to come back to that, but I want to keep going. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command Love each other. When Jesus came, there was a change that took place. Up to that point, God had been communicating through prophets, but in a lot of ways, we as His people were His slaves. When Jesus came, He wanted to bring about a change in that relationship. He wanted to bring us into the friend zone. And what that meant was, he wanted to share with us what's going on and to make us a part of that. That is, is huge. God just doesn't want you to follow some rules. He wants to bring you into what He is doing in the world. But here's the thing. In a change in that relationship, He's asking for more of us. You know, in another Scripture where Jesus talks about the sheep, and He talks about how the hired hand will stick around till it gets dangerous, but then He'll bug out when it gets really dangerous. But the Son, He said in that parable, He'll stick around. Why? Because He's family. 
The Lord wants to bring us from being a slave into being a friend, but here's the deal. It requires more of us because He wants to have now a relationship with us. It's not a master-to-slave relationship that says, you follow these rules, you do what I say, and I'll provide for you. Now it's, hey, I want to bring you in. I want to make you family. But the deal is, it requires more of us. And sometimes we have the wrong definition of friendship. This is a passage that gets thrown around a little bit today because we like the idea of, oh, I want to be God's friend. Because that has the idea of, well, when I think about my own friends, they don't really require much of me. So I kind of like that idea that Jesus is my friend and I get to do whatever I want. But that's not actually the definition of friendship that Jesus gives. Back in 14, he says this, You are my friends if you do what I command. Now, at first, that may sound a little, hmm, I don't know if I want to be this guy's friend. I mean, what if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, want to be friends? Long as you do what I command, we can be friends. <laughs> now, at first, it may sound like, I don't think I want to be that person's friend. But here's why we wouldn't want to be that person's friend. Because you've had people like this in your life. You've had people who want to be your friend, but they want you to do what they say, and that's the only way that they're going to be your friend. Now, why are they doing that? They're doing that because you have something that they need that they desire. They want to use you, right? Well, here's the deal with Jesus. You have nothing that he needs Nothing. He does desire you, but you have nothing that he needs. So is Jesus saying to you, you better do what I command because he needs something out of you? No, he doesn't. Does he want to use you for something? Well, not in the sense that he needs something out of you. He wants to use you in the sense that he wants, you, he wants to bring you in to what he's doing in the world. That's why he says, you are my friends if you do what I command, because he wants to bring you into that. Now, here's the other thing. Real friendship means trust. That's what real friendship means. You, uh, as you talk to older people, will be blessed if you have one friend, true friend, in your life. If you have more than one, wow, you really have Something. And I've found that to be true as I've aged. People that I thought would always just be there, and it's not necessarily, I'm not blaming it on other people. This is kind of the deal with life. As we continue down a path and others go different ways, it's what seems to happen. But the deal with God is, is that He wants to be with us through every phase of life. And he wants to bring you into what he's doing. But the deal is this, is that that sounds good, but it requires so much more than just following a set of rules and then you getting to choose your own direction in life. What Jesus is saying is, I want to choose the direction in your life. Every part of it, not just your worship, whatever. Every part of your life, 
I want to be in there. Do you trust him enough to do that? Because that's the deal. That's what friendship calls. It's a matter of trust. Do you have people in your life, do you have one or two people that you can really trust? That if you're in a bad place, that you can really call them? I mean, there are certain people that if they call me and, and they're in trouble, um, to be honest, they're, they're, there's people that they're just, they're constantly in trouble, right? That, yeah, you see their name come up on a, you know, caller ID and you're like, eh, where's this going to go? They must need something else because that's the only time their name pops up on my phone, right? But maybe you have people, though, in your life that if you were to see their name, you would be like, it doesn't matter. I'm not even going to ask questions. I will do whatever. Why? Because you have a track record with them. You have a trust and you know you know that they would only reach out to you if, if, it, if they really needed it. And they're not going to, to seek to use you in any way. Well, with Jesus, there's never a point where he couldn't do it on his own. But there is a point where he wants to invite you in. And he wants to ask you, will you go here? Will you do this for me? And it's always, as that whole text was about, was about loving others. Will you display my love this way? And the Lord keeps breaking me down with that because there are ways that I don't want to display his love. There are only certain ways that I'm comfortable with. But God keeps breaking it down. Do you, will you display my love this way? As we're talking about uh, the International Day of the Persecuted Church, when you think about that, and you think about the persecution that's going on worldwide, right now, what does the Lord want to do with that? Does He want us to take up arms and go fight people? Not at this point. At this point, what He wants us to do is to love in response to persecution. I, that's really, really hard on me. I mean, that's going to take a work of the Lord because I'm just... I'm just not wired that way. But that's how the Lord wants me to respond. And right now, in America, persecution is rising. What's persecution about? Persecution is about, I want you to remain silent. Don't talk about the Lord. Don't share His love. Just, just shut up. <laughs> that, that's what it's about. And we're seeing it in, in different ways. Uh, it's not as uh, extravagant as what we've seen on the video, although uh, this last week in one of the cities, a church was burned in the middle of the riots. Okay, This is part of it, to silence the church. Also, right now what we have is we have a lot of limitations on our gathering. Now, it's on a lot of other things, but, but hear this. The enemy, in the midst of all this, he wants... To silence us. What's our response to be? Our response is to share the love of the Lord. Is it to attack back? No. But here's what it's not to do. It's not to remain silent. I want to go to one more scripture that really talks about the definition of friendship with the Lord. And that's in James 4.4. 4. James um, is very direct here. 
And I don't have time to get into all the context here, but I, I just want you to hear what these few verses say. James says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Friendship with the world makes, it, makes you an enemy of God. I'll say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Now, there's all kinds of ways that you could misapply this, okay? But with it, what James is essentially getting down to is that if I want to try and reap the benefits of, of this world, and I want to try to go along with them, I make myself an enemy of God. And right now in America, in the middle of all the chaos, one of the good parts of it is, is that the gray is being rid of, is gotten rid of. It's becoming more black and white, light and darkness. Now, the bad part is, is that with that, persecution will rise up. But the good news is, is that with persecution, what it does is it makes us choose. Because with persecution, we're not going to stay where we're at. And right now, I, I mean, and I, this is all of us, okay, in the American church, there's a lot of gray in the sense that um, we've had it pretty good in that, our nation has basically said, okay, you can worship God, but just kind of do your own thing. Don't try to push it on us too much. And there's just kind of been that relationship where, you know, we could still have all the things that the world has, but worship God, at least in our minds. But as persecution rises, that's going to become less and less, and there's going to be a cost to pay. And we're going to have to decide, am I willing to give up certain things in this world in order to follow the Lord? That's the good part of persecution because it has the ability to drive me closer to the Lord. But the negative is, is that it has the ability to, I don't even want to say pull away, but really what it has the ability to do is to show us where we're at. Just as I was sharing about what the Lord was revealing in my heart, being in another country. I mean, it was one thing for me to sit here and think about, oh, if I was in a rough situation somewhere else, I would definitely be like, yes, me and Jesus. But when I'm actually there and I'm like, oh, God, please, no, don't let this continue on. It really reveals something in me. And right now... The things that are happening, as they increase, they have the ability to really show us where our hearts are at. And we have a, a choice when that happens. We can get mad and, and, and you know, just get mad at God for what's going on. Or we can say, okay, God, you're revealing something here. Change my heart. God wants to do a work in His church. He wants to do a work in this nation. And it doesn't come through easy, comfortable times. Good things rarely do. But out of this, what God is going to do is that He is going to bring about a glorious church. And here's the thing. Another thing that was shared in that scripture in John 15 is that Jesus talked about how there would be an overflowing of joy. 
In verse 11, he said, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. As we follow the Lord, and as uh, times get harder, and we push closer to the Lord, here's the thing, joy overflows, because what happens is, we begin to see the Lord move in greater and greater ways. I want to share this with you this morning because I believe the Lord wants to encourage our hearts. Because as you see darkness, it's easy to get discouraged and it's easy to say, you know, oh no, this is all going to be just so bad. But here's the thing, God has good things planned out of this. Just as when Jesus went to the cross, I mean, can you imagine being the disciples at that point, not know what's going on, and all of a sudden you see the one that you placed all your hopes in hanging on a cross, and then he's dead, and you're in this dark place? But it was just before the dawn that the church was about to erupt. And I believe that where we're at right now, that there is an eruption that God is preparing. How's it going to happen? When is it going to happen? I don't know. But all I know is my part. And my part is your part. And that is, as darkness continues to increase, that we continue to move closer and closer to the Lord. That we allow it to move us closer and closer to the Lord. And here's the thing. We don't keep silent. We talk about the Lord. We don't say, oh, okay, I, I'm going to, you know, okay, well, I won't talk about these certain things of the Lord. Because that's what we're seeing in our nation more and more. You be silent about this, you be silent about that. You know, th this is hate speech. No, no, no. We share the truth. Why do we share the truth? Because it has the ability to set people free. I am not responsible to save anybody. Not a single one am I responsible for. But here's what I'm responsible for. I'm responsible to speak the truth when God calls me to it and not remain silent. And as we do that, we might get some comfort taken away. We might lose some things in this world. But we will experience more and more of the Lord. As things continue to increase, may you be driven closer to the Lord. May you not back down. May you not um, take cowardly acts. But may the boldness of the Holy Spirit rise up within you. And may you be a person of courage. Jesus, we want to love as you loved. Lord, we don't want to just do good to those who do good for us. Lord, even when people are used by the enemy, Lord, we want to speak truth in a loving manner. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to speak out, not to remain silent. And as you reveal things in our own hearts, Lord, that are not given over to you, places where we're trying to make friendship with the world, I pray, Lord, that we would have the, 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 the boldness and the trust in you just to repent of those things and turn closer to you. Lord, help us to encourage one another in this and uplift one another. Lord, we want to be in friendship with you. Lord, we don't want to treat you as somebody that is just uh, on our social media list. Lord, we want to invite you into our lives and to give you everything within us. Lord, thank you for the great work 
that, that you desire to do in our life and that you desire to do in your church here in this nation and in this area. Lord, we want to be a part of it. Use us in the midst of that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand as we end in worship, there's going to be some people.